All right, welcome to another episode of The Daily Doug. I am your host, Daily Doug, coming to you live from my deck outside. Just kind of chilling here. It is 50 degrees out, which is really nice in Wisconsin terms. So why not do the episode from outside? So if you hear cars and wind blowing or whatever the hell else you hear, well, that's just me being outside. So why not? And we will talk only about the Wells Fargo um, tournament this week. It's an elevated event at Quill Hollow. Uh, they're back at Quill Hollow. It took a year off. It wasn't at Quill Hollow last year, but it is back. And this is where Rory uh, decides, hopefully, to put things together. Well, statistically and historically, he does. I'll dive into the field. I'll get more into that in a little bit. I'll dive into the course info. And it's just going to be golf this week. I am doing some research. I'm doing more stuff on the draft. I'm going to go over pick by pick. Uh, what I like, pros and cons about the guys that the Packers drafted. I'll do that. I'll wrap up the Buck season. Um, yeah, I guess I'll do that. I did have watched basketball. I just can't stay away from that shitty, you know, league. But I watched it, and I've been watching Golden State and Steph Curry. I guess those guys are just too good not to watch. So I'll, I've been watching that. And then playoff hockey. Well, my team, another one of my teams, Decided to absolutely shit the bed after a historic regular season. Uh, the Bruins decide to lose in Game 7 to the Florida Panthers in overtime. So, yeah, sports-wise, it just hasn't been that great. Rodgers is a Jet. Lazard's a Jet. Cobb's about to be a Jet. And everybody else that he wants on the team will be a Jet. So, I guess that's that. I'll cover that briefly and yeah we're sticking to golf here so let's get back to golf so here we go the wells fargo all right a little bit of course information and player field information rom and scheffler are both off this week taking the week off to regroup gather themselves a little bit they are off this week so we don't have to really worry about top two golfers in the world um quail hollow what a beast of a course this is 7500 yards par 71 um like i said 2017 2022 were not at this course but quail hollow is definitely a demanding uh course for ball striking you have to be a good ball striker you have to be able to come in with some long irons and play your long iron games well uh, Victor Hovland, guys like that, Patrick Cantlay, those type of guys. Um, it, this course prefers distance, and strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained approach are your most important stats and relative to success here. So uh, you're not going to hit a lot of greens here. It's below average uh, greens and regulation, right? So you can't be terrible around the greens. You are going to have to get up and down um, and just do your thing from around the green. Uh, historically now this place plays difficult like 10 under 12 under usually wins it so don't expect 20 under 21 under nothing like that it's going to just be um, difficult course 10 to 12 under wins and you know on this course it's important to keep your composure because you're going to have bogeys and that's why the bounce back is something that I'm looking at this week some guy that can you know, after making a bogey, can come back and birdie a couple holes. Those bounce back birdies are going to be huge this week to get, you know, so you don't 
you can go down a dangerous pit really fast. It's important to uh, get that bounce back. In terms of relative to success, people that have won have been able to get those bounce back birdies. So it's a weird stat, but I've looked into it and it's true. So look for guys that are good at bounce backs. Jordan Spieth is usually really good at that. Uh, other guys like Gala and uh, Wyndham Clark, usually good guys for bounce backs, that type of stuff. Um, like I said, it's a long iron golf course, 175 yards plus is the bucket that you're kind of looking at. It's got three par fives, not terribly long, but it's got long par fours, eight of them over 450 yards. And then you start out with hole one, which is over 500 yards, par four, very tough. Uh, then the finish finishing holes here, they call it the green mile. The finishing stretch is called the green mile. It's tough and it's brutal. Two monster par fours and a long par three surrounded by water. Lots of dog legs on this course. Tee to green play is essential. Um, it's similar to this course is like, I guess it's if I had to compare it to something, it's like Copperhead or Riviera. Yeah, probably Riviera. I, I like, I guess, you know, just kind of quirky. It demands good approach play and everything else. So. So my kids decided to come outside and totally ruin my podcast because I can't just sit here and do anything by my fucking self. But anyways, uh, the weather is supposed to be in the 70s. No wind. Rain on Saturday and then Sunday it's supposed to be great weather. And the course will probably be a little softer, play a little softer. So you might see a little bit of scoring on Sunday. Some guys might be able to make a run. So that's the course info. And now let's dive into the field. All right, the field. I'm back inside to get away from my kids. And hopefully I can have a couple minutes here to just talk and do my own thing here. (laughs) So excuse me about that. And let's start out with the 10K range. Four guys over 10K. Uh, Rory at 11.1K. Shoffley, 10.7K. Cantley, 10.5K. And Tony Finau, 10.2. Rory, I mean... Haven't seen him since the Masters. He took a little bit of a break, gather his thoughts, refocus was what he says. But he did have a runner-up at the Arnold Palmer, miscut at the Players, miscut at the Masters. He's kind of up and down. He hasn't finished outside the top 16 uh, since 2011 at this event, though. So he is very good at Quail Hollow, very good in this event anyways. Um, he loves this course. He's rested. Is he going to come back focused? I don't know. We'll see. I don't know. His Him and his master's woes, I don't know. We'll see if that carries over. Taking a couple weeks off, I guess, whatever. Um, that's not the end of the world for Rory. He's a good enough player where he should be able to bounce back. Course history, definitely in his favor. If you enter him in your lineup, I'm not going to be mad. Uh, an interesting guy for me right now this week, it feels a little bit of a little aggressive is Xander Shoffley. I mean, I'd rather play Cantley than him and save the 200 bucks, but he's not driving the ball well in his last three events. Um, in three of his last five, he's lost strokes off the tee, but he's playing well. I mean, he's got a T4, a 4, a uh, 10th at the Masters, so he's playing well, but that price is just too high. I'll have to see how the ownership goes, if I'm going to put him in any of my lineups or not. I just don't know if I'll get to him 
uh, at that price. Patrick Cantlin, I'll, I'll take him. I'll say the 200 bucks. Last 36 rounds, I mean, he's been the best in the field. He's the only golfer in the field gaining over two strokes per round. I guess his club changes worked. I mean, he he went, got new clubs, tested them out, and since that, he has just been on a tear. Once he figured them out, he's just been great. So Patrick Cantlay, don't mind the slow play, whatever. He, you know, the guy's taking a lot of heat for that kind of crap, but his results are where they need to be, and you really can't go wrong with Patrick Cantlay. He fits his course well. He's like... One of, if you're looking at guys like best fit for this course, he's right up there. He's top five in like everything you can do. So uh, Patrick Cantley is definitely a guy I'm going to have in my lineups. Tony Finau, um, 10.2K, big win last week. He finally got it done. And I did say that his C-plus game would probably be uh, good enough to beat most of those guys there. Like there's strokes gained and then there's like, Playing above your baseline, I talked about Cole playing above his baseline and Dylan Wu playing above his 100-round uh, baseline. There's playing above your baseline by a stroke, but where is that in the grand scheme of things as far as is Dylan Wu's one stroke above his baseline a top five in the field, or is that like a mid-pack type guy? And you have to kind of weigh that out. Well, Tony Finau's C game you know, is better than most people's uh, like Dylan Wu's stroke above his baseline game. So that's kind of how you got to weigh that, and that's how he won. I mean, he did play more like an A game, and he ended up just killing it um, at that event. So 10.2K for him this week. Is it going to be great? I don't know, coming off a win? I don't know. That's like the kiss of death, in my opinion. Best finish at Quill Hollow is T16. He lost strokes on approach four of his last five trips at Cor- Quill Hollow, so I'm probably a hard pass on Tony Fino this week. So that wraps up my 10K, guys, and now into the 9K we go. Victor Hovland, I I don't know. Do I have a man crush on this dude? Probably. 9.2K, uh, great approach player, third best ball striker in the field. I mean, the guy just mashes it. He's so pure with that swing. And he's gained five strokes. He, he gained five strokes at the RBC, and he lost seven strokes putting in that same event. So <laughs> if he can just find his putter just a little bit, he's going to be great. He had a six at the Masters, or he gained six strokes at the Masters, um, nine strokes ball striking at the Players, nine strokes ball striking at the Arnold Palmer. So he's gaining strokes in the ball striking categories. And just put that putter together and around the green play just together a little bit. He will be right right there. Off the tee. Great off the tee. Hasn't lost strokes since January 8th off the tee. So Victor Hovland, I guess he's only played Quill Hollow one time. And he got T3 finish. So, of course, fits him. I'm, I like Victor Hovland this week. And another guy, like in the lower 9K range, is Sanjay. Sanjay M, 9.1K. Man, he's kind of like the lost man in the 9K range, but his ball striking is just so pure. He gained seven strokes at the RBC ball striking, four at the Masters ball striking. Tita Green, he's phenomenal, and he's one of the best putters on tour. So his last three, you know, tournaments, T31, 19, or he took actually T31 in 2019 at this tournament, and then he has a missed cut as well um 
You put him up against all the people in the field, he's ranked ninth in terms of stroke skiing against everybody up in the field. I do like Sanjay, and he's another person that he's cheap enough. You can fit him in there and have no regrets. No regrets, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So that's that range. You do have guys like Jordan Spieth. He's just, he's always inaccurate off the tee, but he's playing so well. Like, you can't really, I don't know, you can't really, he's 9.6K. Do you want a guy that's really inaccurate off the tee at this course? I guess accuracy isn't, like, the main thing. Just don't lose strokes off the tee. You know what I mean? His ball striking is good. He gained seven strokes um, at the RBC, and he took second. He gained five strokes ball striking at the Masters. He took fourth. Um, He gained four strokes ball striking at the Valspar, took third. Four strokes at the Players, took 19th. So he hasn't played in this event in 10 years, so... We'll have to see kind of maybe where his ownership lies. He's not like a horse for course. I don't know if this course just doesn't fit his eye or what. Uh, There's a couple of Texas tournaments in there that he probably bounced around in and kind of played those in the past. But I just don't know if I'm going to risk 9.6K on a guy that doesn't play here a whole lot and is inaccurate off the tee. Jordan Smith. Uh, Could bite me in the ass, but we'll see. Then you have Max Homa. Course history is great. His event history is great. He's won twice. He won once at Quill Hollow and once at the other course. I can't think of it off the top of my head. But Max Homa is also 9.4K. He's going to be heavily owned. He's going to be one of the favorite guys in this event. Out of the 8K range, we have Cameron Young, 8.7K. He played well at the Masters and at the Dell Match play. Uh, tied to last year at this event. And... Like I said, it wasn't at Quill Hollow, so what does that mean? It all depends on his putting and around the green play. If this guy can just put together his putter just a little bit, he will be right in the mix. 8.7K, good price range for Cameron Young this week. And then you have Ricky Fowler, 8.8K, and that's warranted. I mean, this dude is going to be incredibly popular this week. Always plays well here, sponsor, event. Like, the dude is just always well here um all top 20s this year and he hasn't missed a cut since october of last year so outside of rory no one's been better at quill hollow than ricky fowler and t21 last year wasn't at quill hollow but t21 has in this event last year hasn't you know been playing he's playing way better than he was last year so ricky fowler definitely warrants at 8.8k he'll be popular if you put him in not gonna go over you know not gonna kill you for it and now like i have to get to sahith here and the point of what we're doing here is trying to gain fantasy points and sahith will gain fantasy points he will gain them like crazy he makes a ton of birdies and he's gaining strokes off the tee but sprays it everywhere He's one of those guys that will bogey and then bounce back birdie nonstop. I mean, it's hard to pick out what he does consistently good. Like I said, he's all over the place. He makes mistakes, makes a lot of birdies. Um, he does hold him and Wyndham Clark hold the like the current streak for most made cuts in a row. So it's not like you're getting a guy that is going to miss the cut. I mean, he's going to be right there in the mix. Lower 8K range. I like Sahi Thielga this week. The Gala Thielga. I can't ever pronounce his last name. I just call him Sahith. Um, So I do like him this week. 
And then I'm fading Justin Thomas. He's just all over the board, and his putter has been awful. Until he gets a new putter, I don't think I'm really going to play him. Um, he's lost strokes putting in his last four tournaments. His around the green play, though, and his approach shots have been good. But I am going to fade Justin Thomas this week. Probably an unpopular opinion, but I just don't like where his game is at right now. Just watching him is just kind of annoying. So... On to our 7K range, and I did just mention him a little bit. Wyndham Clark, 7.8K. Man, his Thursday, he was three over on Thursday last week, and then he just went off on the weekend. I mean, he had to birdie hole 18 just to make the cut. He drains a 13-footer, gains strokes on the weekend, a little bit on Saturday, gains five strokes on Sunday against the field, finishes T24. I mean, this guy could have went home. He could have went home. And instead, he grinds out the last birdie, makes the weekend, and just goes off. And like he's very much like Sahith. These are guys that just score a lot of fantasy points, and that's what he does. He scores a lot of fantasy points. I like Wyndham Clark. You can put him in your lineups this week. Absolutely love Wyndham Clark. Keith Mitchell, another guy that keeps popping up at Quail Hollow, 7.8K. He took third in 2021, which was at Quail Hollow, eighth in 2019. Equal Hollow, good course fit. Uh, the course fit model absolutely loves him. I like Keith Mitchell. Emiliano Grillo, his name keeps coming up. Maybe not so much for this tournament, but he's just been hot. Two straight top tens. He's kind of just hot right now. Uh, 7.4K, not the worst. But then you have Taylor Moore, and he's been great. T11 at the RBC, T39 at the Masters, and he won the Valspar. Six top 15s with a win. Um can't go wrong taylor moore and he's just drives the ball well all he has to do he's like victor hovland he's like those other guys all he has to do is just sharpen up the around the green play and he can very well win this thing so i do like taylor moore this week as well patrick rogers 7.5k um he got better every round last week he had a great weekend uh, plus 19 ball striking in his last three tournaments. He, so like he's gained 19 strokes ball strike, striking against the field in his last three tournaments. So that's a great number. He's hitting it well. He's striking it well in pier. Um, and he's gaining everywhere else. So Patrick Rogers, 7.5K, is also a good play. And then you just go to the best ball striker in the field, Gary Woodland. He's in the 7K range. Good value for him. Um Best ball striker in that 7K range, I should say, not the field. But Gary Woodland is definitely a guy that you can play as well this week. So those are my 7K guys. And then you just have a big drop-off in this. You just have a big drop-off in the 6K range of who's here, you know, compared to those top-end guys. You have your Eric Coles at 6.8K. Your Dylan Wu makes cuts every time. Um, bunch of top 25s. Great weekend last week. Um, I just love his game. Dylan Wu is definitely a guy that I'm playing in the 6K range this week. Then you have Akshay uh, Atia, you know, lower 7K. He's right at 7K. Went to aim point last week with his putting, and all of a sudden he gains five strokes putting. So is that an anomaly? I don't know. But if he found something with aim point and he starts putting well, you have a good guy down there at 7K to enter into your lineups. And then... I don't know. Harry, you have Harry Hall. He's just kind of great all around. Uh, his putting has just been remarkable. 
you could play him, and then you have Toasty. You know what I mean? Guy has to qualify because of his great play last week. He qualified for this week. He's 6.5K. He's playing well. He's the best player, Tita Green, in the 6K range, in my opinion. And he's just got a small sample size. So I don't know. There isn't a whole lot for me to like weigh. Is he playing well? Is he not? He's playing well. That's the end of the story. He's gaining strokes everywhere. Great Tita Green. And I'm not too worried about the sample size. So 6.5K, if you're looking to save a little bit of money, you can drop down and grab him as well. So that's the field. And those are the guys I like. Uh, those are just highlighting some of the guys. I talk about the same guys a lot every week. Um, I'm trying to get a little bit different in who I talk about and go over. It's just, I guess, better material for it. So hopefully you guys can take that information for what it's worth and have a couple of lineup builds. So uh, we'll right after this break, we will get into our DK lineups and our bets for the week. What's the game? You're seven iron, Roy. One swing each. Whoever hits it the longest. It's a lot. I hit the seven iron like John Davis with three. Winner, winner, took you down. We'll take my beer, Kurt. All right, my DK lineups this week are. Actually, I just have one. I just have one lineup this week, and I'm going to play it in cash and see how this goes. Last week, we cashed. We cashed. 137th place out of 537 people uh, in the money. So if you enter that out, you guys, if you played double-ups, you should have cashed. And almost all of them, I mean, every guy made the cut. So you can't go wrong with that lineup that I had last week. So that's that. And on to this week. So let's get into it right away. Um, We will have... Hold on here. Switching gears. I am going to start out with my top guy. And I'm going to go just on pure FOMO. Xander Shoffley. Yes. It's a little bit of ownership. It's a little bit of... I never picked this guy. So why not give him a shot? It's not the most confident pick. If you, I went down to Patrick Cantlay... I'd be totally okay with that. Um, but I'm going to go with Xander Shoffley. The ownership isn't as high as Cantlay's. He's a little bit more, but I kind of like it. I like it just from a pure ownership play. And then I'm going to go down a little bit from there. I have Victor Hovland. Absolutely love his game. Like I talk about him all the time. Uh, just get it together around the greens, man. If you can just put it together just a little bit, we will be in the money. Um, Sanjay. Sanjay M. Absolutely love. I said he's the forgotten one in the 9K range. Well, the data kind of shows he is the forgotten one in the 9K range. Sanjay at 9.1K. Absolutely love his game um, on this course even and for that price. Can't go wrong. Have to drop down though after those you know big guys, uh, but I'm dropping down to Wyndham Clark, a guy that's, like I said, made 15 straight cuts He's 7.8K, hits the ball a mile, and he's a fantasy point getter, which is exactly what we're looking for. That is a great core. Had to take a little bit 
of a gamble here. I don't think it's too much, though, because Dylan Wu at 6.7K, another dude playing way above his baseline, um, making a ton of cuts. He's made 12 out of his last 15 cuts. He has one top 10. The dude is playing very well. Top 15 at the Mexico, 39th at the Valero, 16th at the in Punta Cana. So he's playing very well as of late. And Dylan Wu is a guy at 6.7K that I'm going to insert and hope he can just make the cut. And then we have to go down to the 6.5K range and Alejandro Toasty, right? Getting toasty in here. This dude is just been playing remarkable. Um, like I said, small sample size, but he took a 10th at the Mexico. And then on the other tour, on the Corn Ferry Tour, a 22nd, a 10th, a 7th. So he's just been playing good golf for a long time. Um, so Alejandro Tosi is my guy at 6.52. Round out my my team. So once again, I have Xander Shoffley, 10.7K. Victor Hovland, 9.2K. Sanjay M. 9.1k, Wyndham Clark 7.8k, and then I have Dylan Wu 6.7k, and Tosi at 6.5k. So that's my lineup this week. Enter it in with confidence. Enter it in your double ups. If you put it in a tournament, maybe who knows you win. I don't think it's different enough to really win a whole lot of tournaments. This is pretty cashy. Um, this is very chalky and cash. Man, just playing a little bit of ownership and leverage on a couple of these positions. So. Hopefully you guys can enter this in, win right along with me. We are kicking butt in DraftKings, by the way. We have been cashing. I think we cashed all but three weeks this this year. So I will definitely take 11 and three. Yeah, I'll take that. So that's good news. That is very good news. So enter that in with confidence. Once again, holler at me at R-I-G-C underscore pin seeker on Twitter. You can get a hold of me and I guess shoot off your wins and do whatever you got to do with that. So last but not least here, we always get into the betting fields and go over which guys we kind of like to bet our best bets, who's going to win, all this other shit. Uh, we get into it and we'll see how we're going to go here. Um, Rory McIlroy at seven to one. That's just not enough there. Patrick Cantley at twelve to one. Not enough there. Tony Fino fourteen to one. Not enough there. Xander Shoffley, sixteen to one. There's plenty of plenty of money there to be won at that sixteen to one. I absolutely like it. And like I said, he's a little different. I like it. Victor Hovland, eighteen to one odds. I also like Victor Hovland, but I don't know if I'm going to put the bet on that. Um, he's the same as Jordan Spieth, Cameron Young. Cameron Young is only at 18 to 1. I mean, Victor Hovland or Cameron Young, who are you going to take? I'm probably taking Hovland in those, you know, if you're trying to compare them. Sanjay M, 25 to 1 odds. Absolutely love it. Take Sanjay. That is definitely one I will have in there. I keep going down the list, and now my wife decided to use a blender. I mean, you got to be kidding me with this shit but anyways um going down the list i got a little bit of sidetrack ricky fowler 35 to 1 put an ew8 on ricky at 35 to 1 odds um if he does put if you put a top 10 at him he's at 3.6 to 1 odds to get in the top 10 so definitely ricky fowler ew8 
Uh, Sahi Filiga, he's 45 to 1 odds, putting EW8 on him as well. Wyndham Clark, 60 to 1 odds. EW8 definitely on Wyndham Clark and Keith Mitchell at 60 to 1 odds. Uh, we'll do that. Going down the list, Taylor Moore, 75 to 1 odds. Love me some Taylor Moore this week. Love me some Taylor Moore. Hit him with the EW8 as well. So, yeah, I do have a lot of long shots this week. And I'm going to keep on going down the list. Miliano Grillo, 110 to 1 odds. Passing on that. Um, just don't think he has enough firepower to win this. And anybody else down here in the 180 to 1 odds that could get lucky, I really don't see it. Taylor Pendrith at 250 to 1 odds. If he drives the ball somewhat in the vicinity of a fairway, he might actually do it. Um, Taylor Pendrith at 251 odds. Yeah, EW8 him, half unit though, only a half unit. So that's that. Those are my bets this week, all right? Enter those all in. All those are a unit except for the last one that I had with Taylor Pendrith. So the last one, Taylor Pendrith, just put a half unit on him, 251 odds to win, and EW8 top 10 is 14 to 1 odds so you're still getting something um if you can just get to the top eight you're looking at 18 to 1 odd range so there you have it that is it and hopefully that you all enjoy this episode hopefully you guys can make some bets bet along with me but we gotta write this ship here so hopefully these bets can hit so hopefully you all enjoyed this episode Follow me at RIGC underscore pin seeker and good luck this week, everybody. Take care.